Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and your family doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. I hope you've been joining me for the last couple of programs as I have been interviewing Costi Hinn, Benny Hinn's nephew, and uh, what a joy it has been. I know you have been greatly encouraged, as I, I have, even though this is um, hearing this for the second time. It's just been uh, so good to hear this from Costi uh, yet again. Never in all my born days, I told Costi, would I have ever dreamed I would be having a conversation like what I'm having with someone with the last name of Hen. But um, in God's sovereign good pleasure, here we are. Well, Costi, in our last program yesterday, you were giving us your testimony and uh, telling us about how you uh, had initially worked for your uncle, Benny, uh, but then went to college, uh, wanted to be a baseball player. You were working for Benny. He had paid you handsomely, driving a Hummer and all this, and uh, and then moved and became uh, got on staff as a youth pastor at a, at a church, and the pastor asked you to preach chapter 5, The Healing of Bethesda, and he basically threw a John MacArthur commentary onto your desk, and uh, you did not know who John MacArthur even was, even though your uncle clearly did, but but you didn't, and um, began uh, began reading it, and just um, you said you just broke down, uh, just uh, the truth just hit you, broke down. So here you were a sheep, and um, going to the call of the shepherd. So that's roughly where we left off, and uh, take it away, brother. Continue sharing with us. Yeah, thanks for, for having me back, Justin. And I will say this, the, the problem, it's a good problem, but it can be a challenge with conversion testimonies like mine, is there's so much bad theology that it does take three or four programs for us to get through it. So thanks for being patient. And uh, oh, yeah. you listening, thank you for being patient with the long and detailed story. There's just a lot of twists and turns. Sure, sure. Uh, so, that's that's great. We're I, I think everyone is happy to happy to hear it. So thank you for sharing. Oh, praise God! I hope I know that the Lord receives glory when people are saved. So I hope that this helps people. Uh, Justin, basically, yeah, what you said sums it up perfectly. God's sovereignty and healing hit me between the eyes, and it was the MacArthur commentary there on John five that did it. I would say this too. That was my conversion moment, as best as I can re recount a moment. I know some people recall more of a process. Mine certainly was, too. There were a lot of seeds planted. Sure. But that was the moment where my view of God and my view of myself changed. I was now in a submissive position. Hmm. God was now the authority. He was the one that receives the glory. He was sovereign now in my mind. I can't control him. He's in control. I'm human. I'm depraved. I submit to him. He heals and does as he wills. And my role is to glorify him with my life, not for him to do whatever I want him to do. It's not really about my glory. It's him. So that all happens there. Um, I would say as best as I can recall, 
That's the moment. Now, that doesn't mean, though, that I suddenly had it all figured out and right. I was just this, you know, good little hen boy now. I'm, I'm going off to seminary. There was this moment where you could see the wrestling match still going on theologically. I'm in Lifeway with my wife, my wife, Christine. And she asks me for a MacArthur study Bible. It was a pink one. My wife is a frugal woman. She had her 40% off coupon with her. (laughs) And she had done everything she could to just make it seamless. No way is a man not going to buy the Bible when it's 40% off, right? So she had done all her homework. And that's the one she says she wants. The problem is uh, I really wasn't on board with everything that MacArthur taught. And so this little newlywed spat begins right in the study Bible aisle at Lifeway, as you can imagine that right now in your mind. (laughs) And I tell her, listen, dear, there's no way you're getting this Bible. That guy's a Satan. They don't believe in miracles. And no way am I raising kids with a woman who has that Bible in my house. You, you're this, there'll be nothing for us to believe. Now they don't believe in miracles and they don't believe in healing and they don't believe in and so, remember, my view of God had changed, but not my view on the apostolic office of gifts. I mean, things like that. I hadn't really visited them. I had just preached the sermon on John 5. So I'm converted, but I'm still messy. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the norm with a lot of people. We need, uh, like, like Apollos, he was eloquent. He was doing a good job, but basically he needed to be shown a better way. Right. And he was. And so uh, my wife... Again, very godly woman. She is meek. She is quiet and humble. She doesn't make a big fuss. She just stands her ground. Gives me that look. Like, I'm not moving until you buy me this Bible. So she laughs to this day because I'm, I promise you before the Lord I said this. I said, fine, I'll buy you the Bible. But I'm taking it and I'm highlighting every single footnote that he writes about the gifts not being in operation, and I'm writing a little note so one day our children don't open the Bible on the coffee table and get swooned into this crazy theology that doesn't believe in miracles. Um, and <laughs> I'm, I'm foggy at that point on the fact that this is the guy who wrote the commentary that the Lord used to help me. Right. And so it's almost though, okay, you could tell me about God's sovereignty and healing, Dr. MacArthur, but no way are you going to you're not going to mess my family up all the way. You're not taking me that far. And right. some, of course, a little resistant, probably some pride there. And there was too many things changing at once. And I say, fine. My wife smiles excitedly and off to the checkout, right, to buy the Bible. Flash forward to the coming weeks. Guess who's using a pink Bible during their quiet time every morning? Custom and you can't get enough of studying First Corinthians 12 and... Obviously, I did not highlight all of his footnotes, and I did not do what I said I would do in uh, in condemning those areas that he had taught those doctrines of cessation. I began to eat it up, and I saw other places in Scripture uh, about other doctrines, and I started following along in the footnotes everywhere I read, and I thought, you know, this MacArthur guy ain't too bad. Um, he doesn't necessarily teach God doesn't heal. He doesn't say God doesn't do miracles. He basically just says no one's wielding these gifts like the apostles. And then it starts to click again. Hmm. I realize, hey, that makes sense. Growing up, 
We never healed people at will. There were never instant healings anytime, anywhere. And I think you remember back on the first program, I explained that theologically, I mean, things were just a little out there. And I wondered, I had questions. Why can't my friend's dad get healed right away of cancer? Or why can't we empty a hospital? Or why can't we, why do we need music? Or why can't we just do all this right away? And all those questions came back to mind. And I realized, there it is. Where was our supposed power? Yeah. We testified about miracles. We had endless healing lines. People had back pain leave. It was always the, the same things, right? Arthritis, I don't feel pain. Or I believe God took my cancer away, but the people were doing chemo anyway. And, and the Lord can graciously heal through that. And doctors can be used by God. But where were all the real miracles is what I kept saying. Right. And so the blinders were off now in a lot of areas. And I begin to explode with excitement, like a typical young guy in ministry. I don't know what to do with all this newfound information. Um, my world is upside down. And so I want to know more. I need help. I'm desperate for help. And so similar to how I called you to say thank you, that was a little more uh, not out of desperation but out of appreciation. I sent an email, though, to GTY. And I, I full-on said it. I had no shame. I told them my testimony. G- just just for, so everybody will know, GTY is Grace to You. Uh, that's um, led by John MacArthur and Phil Johnson. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I sent an email to Grace to You. I tell them the testimony, and, I mean, I am desperate for help. And sure enough, um, they reach out back. And I, like I told you before um, about my experience in college with my Baptist university and the coach and the president there and all the people that were so kind and they were very loving and they never judged me, but they actually gave me truth, prayed with me, gave me a chance. Um, Grace to you did the same thing. These guys reached out. Um, one of the directors there was really kind. He sent me some books and my own MacArthur study Bible. So I just, could stop reading the pink one that I stole from my wife. <laughs> love it, and, love it. And honestly, I I met Pastor John a couple of times. We had a few really great conversations, and he was really clear with me. He said, you know, I, I want you to know I have no animosity towards your family. His exact words were, I just have a passion for the truth. Hmm. And these guys are the real deal, Justin. I know you know that. You've preached with them before. Yeah. And they had no agenda with me. They, they're not just trying to sell books. They're, they're not just trying to take shots at charismatics for fun. This isn't just to create uh, an audience or get more clicks on YouTube. These guys are committed to Christ and, and to truth. And so I begin to get influenced by that. And I thought, they really are the real deal. False teachers get in the crosshairs. And so they've got to say what they need to say. And they need to tell the truth and answer the Bible questions. But... Um, I saw things over there. I went for a visit, and they're pastoring the volunteers there at Grace to You, and they're all involved in the church, and they're the most loving and kind and gracious people uh, I may have met in the Christian world today. Yeah. And so they began to help me, and one of the things they gave me was strange fire. And so if you can just imagine in your mind for a moment again, just intellectually, when I think of the heroes of the faith and my lineage, I think of him, Copeland, Meyer, Osteen, Crouch, White, 
you know, go through the list even further back. Smith Wigglesworth, Semple McPherson, Catherine Coleman, William Branham, A. Allen. I mean, these are the heroes of the faith that I was taught out growing right. up. Right, sure, sure. Those were the guys who knew. If you ever said A. A. Allen or Smith Wigglesworth or Oral Roberts, my ears would perk up and I go, Oh, you're speaking about one of my one of the heroes in my lineage of faith. Yeah. And all of a sudden start hearing about guys that I had never heard of. Guys from the Reformation, Luther, Calvin, preachers like Spurgeon, and then of course the nowadays, the guys, you know, we all maybe listen to on the radio, like MacArthur and Sproul and Lawson and Alistair Begg and Chuck Swindoll, I mean, all these guys. And I'm going, this exists? Hmm. There's no way. And one yeah. of the guys that I got to know pretty well, though I didn't know him yet, um, I say this in jest, but the reality was is there's this Justin Peters guy. And <laughs> he's on Strange Fire, and, I mean, he just goes at it. You sound like a Texan. You sound like one of my college baseball buddies from Texas, <laughs> but you wore a suit, and you preach like a preacher. And you came at it with videos, hard evidence, you're incriminating my faith heroes, the, the living legends that I look up to or did look up to. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, brother, it was game, set, match. I mean, I, you're clouds without water. I mean, the whole deal, I just thought, there's no way to deny this. It's all on video. And then you'd slam Bible on it, and so you just couldn't argue. And um, I honestly, I was to the point where I just said, I give up. I'll listen. I'll look at the scriptures. It's sola scriptura. It's the Bible and the Bible alone. I'll just follow what the word says. And I don't ever want to say the wrong thing, teach the wrong thing, or believe the wrong thing. I just want the word of God and yeah. I want to glorify him with my life. So those were the the seasons in my life, if you will, kind of through the fall and the spring back 2012, 2013 into 2014 that my conversion and my growth process really went into overdrive, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It it totally does, Costi. And, and even though you and I come from very, you know, different backgrounds, there are so many common elements in what you've experienced, what I've experienced in our conversions and having pockets of truth, just not being able to connect the dots. And But, boy, once those, once that new birth takes place, once that Galatians one sixteen time comes it, it, yeah it's exactly like you say it's just uh, overdrive i mean you can't get enough for the truth of of the truth and and um i'm like you I, I was always anytime i even in seminary when i anytime i was exposed to calvinism i mean it was bad you know bad bad it's calvinism's yeah. bad and it's mean and those calvinists are just mean angry people and it's it's bad we can't really tell you why it's bad it's just trust us it's just bad you know that's and, right and, totally. and 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 this was at a this was at a, at a seminary that i that that i got this so um not that all the professors were like that but anytime anytime that issue god's sovereignty was broached yeah it was uh always portrayed in a negative light and i had this just caricature understanding of it i didn't understand it at all but um wow praise the lord and, and i love what you said about uh it's so interesting to hear you talk about uh having your conversations with 
John MacArthur and how he said, I don't, I don't have any animosity toward your family. I just care for the truth. And, um, that's right. Yeah. And that speaks, speaks volumes of him and his character and, and, uh, everything that you said about, uh, John and grace to you. I would, I would echo that, um, uh, I'm very grateful for them. Now that having been said, not to get off too far in the weeds here, but, uh, John MacArthur would be the first one to tell you that, uh, we don't lift men up. Um, we, as Paul Washer said, this is a rough quote. There are no great men of God. There are just faithless, pitiful men who serve a great God. And, and, uh, so, Amen. yeah, that's right. But, uh, that's right. Wow. Kasi will, man, praise the Lord. It, it's, uh, and like you said, a whole new world had opened up to you instead of, Smith Wigglesworth and A.A. <laughs> a. Allen and William Branham and all those all those guys and Copeland and you know now you're now you've been exposed to Spurgeon and Lawson and MacArthur and Alshabeg and all and all these guys it's a whole new world it truly is a a whole new world and where you come down on God's sovereignty has such a huge impact on how you read the rest of the Bible and it's amazing Kasi maybe you can echo this and comment if you will. I, for one, personally, once I came to a place where I was no longer kicking against kicking against the goads with God's sovereignty and I embraced God's sovereignty and, and, and God graciously bent my knee to it, it's amazing how much more sense the Bible makes. Would, would, is that is that your experience it's as well? Like yeah, it's like dominoes. I mean, once you grapple if you will, and on a human level, we're grappling. God is God. He's sovereign. It doesn't matter what we wrestle with. He's, he is the same. He is who he is. Right. Um, our, our challenges don't change who he is. So he's sovereign. And while we grapple with that in our depravity, once it works itself out for us on the human end, um, and the Holy Spirit's faithful in that, he does that work in, in our hearts and through regeneration, and uh, it's over. It's game over. The yeah. dominoes fall. You begin to submit, and suddenly the position changes for us in that we are submissive to Christ. He's Lord of our life. He's our Savior. We trust Him. We take Him at His word, and He no longer works for us. He no longer does our bidding. We do His. We become the doulos slave, the willing slave right. that wants to serve the Master. So, yeah, you nailed it, man. That is so true, and I'm so grateful that God is patient with us and uh and saves us from ourselves yes amen 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 brother well costi thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us over these last three programs and and uh i know everyone has been uh, very much engaged because i certainly have and uh, what powerful powerful testimony it's a testimony anytime god saves someone but uh but right. you know it especially you know someone like you given your last name, I mean, it, it is, is noteworthy, and uh, I am going to be praying, as I know that many of our listeners will as well, be praying that uh, God God uses you and, um, and and your testimony to to even reach some of the some of the people that are still caught in the deception that the rest of your family is is caught in, or at least most of your family is is caught in now. The word faith, prosperity, deception. Um, I uh, 
I believe that there are there is a scattering smattering of of God's sheep in these movements, but if they're truly God's sheep, they won't stay there forever. You know, they they That's right. You agree with that? That's right. Yeah. I do wholeheartedly. He will save his sheep know his voice. Yeah. And like John ten describes, there he is more and he will bring them and he must and God's effectual call cannot be thwarted. So um and you know, you know this because you understand the doctrines of, of our God and you understand prayer. God is sovereign. He has determined already the end, but as a means, he does use prayer. So it's not, you know, God's sovereign. So why pray? Why do anything if he's going to do it anyway? We need to pray. We need to share our testimonies. We need to glorify God. We need to honor his word because he has very well decreed the end, but he also uses that. that that's the means that he uses. Now, we don't know. If it was this radio program or if it was our prayers eight years ago or two years from now, we don't know when. God's in charge of that. Right. But our job is to be obedient. So, yeah, yeah, please pray, continue to pray, and keep doing what you're doing, brother. Yeah. Well, I will, Costi. I will, brother. And thank you so very much. I tell you, just, just listening to you is so, so encouraging and gets me fired up and just about enough to make a cripple man get up and run so uh thank you <laughs> so uh okasi just as we uh just as we close out here um we already know that you're married but you have you're married and uh to i hope can i say your wife's name on there is that all right absolutely christine is her name christine okay and you have two children i do their names are titus his middle name is jude and uh for obvious reasons, not to be funny, but Jude is the only New Testament epistle devoted entirely to uh, calling out false teaching and apostasy. So there's some some irony there, maybe. But yeah. I wanted to know where he came from, yeah. and that he comes from a lineage of truth. So Titus, Jude, and and then Grace Elizabeth is our six month old. So Ty is two and a half, Grace is six months, and uh, my wife is not letting me stop. She is trusting that I'll come around and. Uh, we would have a third child, so I'm, I'm nowhere near done. But our house is full of joy, full of love, and hopefully full of truth. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. And yeah. and uh, your conversion had an impact on your son's name, right? You weren't. A, it's not like you had been planning on naming your son Jude. Yeah, and and that you know something that I think I said back on the first program. Is this is not my smear campaign to get back at my family for anything they've ever done. They're the nicest people in the world to me. Besides the theology, they've never done anything wrong. They've never hurt to wrong to me. They've never uh, harmed me or done ill. And so this is not a, a way for me to lash out at them. It's just about truth. But one of the things, too, in my family, I'm required or mandated to name my son after my father. That's why I'm Costi or Costandi is my full name, Costandi Hinn. Right. And if you've read any books about my uncle, you know my grandfather's name was Costandi or Costi Hinn. Right. And so I was the firstborn Hinn grandson, so I'm named Costi. There's four other ones. Um, my cousins as well, Costi Hinn. You'll see some of them maybe online if you ever uh, run into our name. There's other guys preaching like me. They have a little different theology, but same name, unfortunately. And I had a choice. Name my son Henry Hinn, and forever, 
as he goes online and as he grows up in this millennial generation, um, his name is identical to some men that may have not taught faithfully. Now, life's not over and the journey's not done, so I do have faith and I trust the Lord, and I'm just believing and praying always that my family would come around so long as there's breath in their lungs. Yeah. But Titus Jude Hinn is a 180 away from what I was supposed to name him, and I didn't do that to dishonor my dad. I just simply did it to honor the Word and yeah. to give my son a heritage of truth. And again, I say that with sensitivity and love, not with animosity. But yeah, uh, yeah definitely a Bible name and a Bible story. Yeah. And um, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much, Costi. All right, uh, I'm gonna. You're gonna join us for another program or two. We will talk about some other things. Get into some more of the details. Uh, some things I know that people would be interested in. Dear friends, thank you very much for joining us. Until our next time together, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.